I'm Jessica Belstra. And I'm Denise Thompson. And today, our subject is condom distribution in school, specifically public schools. <laughs> not private schools. Shockingly, my <laughs> private school that I went to did not hand out condoms. Yeah. I, I don't think I saw a condom until I was out of high school, like literally. And I think I've talked about my condom use in high school, and a lot of it was... Blowing them up, putting them out windows, <laughs> watching that how big they would get when the wind catches them and you're driving, how fast you have to go for the wind to catch them, things like that. We were very, we were very scientific. <laughs> and the the teacher putting a condom down a broom. Yes, handle. that was freshman year of high school. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I was pretty sheltered. And I, actually, come to think of it, I do remember the first condom I ever saw. It was on earrings made for the wearable arts program down in Homer because here's a question mm -hmm. was it in the package it was in the package oh mm -hmm. yep. so that was the first like package, package I ever saw yeah that would have been my senior year because the senior year wow I I designed and Irene made um, dress for wearable arts and so I was actually modeling in it and that was the first condom I ever saw because one of the girls was modeling a dress, an Alaskan preparedness dress, and her earrings are condoms in a package. That was the first one and I ever saw. And you were 18? I was a senior in high school. I was either 17 or 18. Yeah, I think it was the spring, so I think I was 18. Wow. <laughs> I don't remember the first one. I think that the first one I saw was possibly sixth grade. Wow, yeah. Or before. I remember my friend's brother had a drawer full of them, and we thought it was hilarious to take them off. <laughs> Yeah, so in your high school, did they hand them out? Not like, like willy-nilly. Not, not like just like in health class, they weren't handed out. Because there's no. like a continuum on how like they're handed out in public schools. They're, yeah, they no, made... they were not handed out in class. They were not offered to us as being available. I had kind of a nurse phobia because my mother was a school nurse. And so when I got to high school, I didn't spend a lot of time with a school nurse. I don't know why. It was weird. Like, I had a weird thing. And that is who I think you would go to if you needed condoms. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that she had them if kids ask or if they were curious about sex or what was going on. I always just assumed that they were available. Mm -hmm. But that was because it was the 90s and everyone was debating it. And yeah. so I was like, well, I go to public school. I didn't look into it. Like, I didn't look into right. getting free ones because I didn't feel as if I lacked availability of getting condoms. Mm -hmm. But I knew some kids who, you know, were having sex and refused to go buy them and mm -hmm. refused to go to the health center. And possibly they would go to the nurse and talk to her. But I never did. So I always assumed, and I could be completely wrong, that our school wasn't one that that had that available. But although I saw them in health class, mm. we handled them in health class. Mm -hmm. But they didn't give They them. did not give them out to us. I mean, like, you open them up right, and, and, like, learn how to use them. Kind of, yeah. I mean, just, like, the banana thing mm. and the that and her with the broom. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't even 
know if we put them on the bananas. Oh, it just like I'm trying to remember yeah. if she just did it in mm-hmm. front of us, but we did pass it around and feel it and feel like. Because, like, seriously. Like the lube. Yeah, like, and, and I'll have to say, a girl that I went to school with, she was at a bachelor party that I was at, she would have been in her late 20s, and it was the first time she'd ever touched a condom. <laughs> yeah, so I, yeah. I, I, I knew what they looked like. I, but mostly my interaction with them at a young age was very benign and <laughs> innocent and more like, fun <laughs> like they're kind of balloons yeah like they're balloons and they're and they're funny because mm-hmm. they're condoms and yeah. that kind of thing and there's always I always hung out with mischievous boys oh uh-huh and so there was always some sort of prank yeah especially when you would go driving and someone would just throw one out <laughs> and on the car behind you and it was the, someone you knew uh-huh. you know and it was just a lot of pranks but I also knew you know a lot of boys that kept condoms in their wallets. Oh, bad place for them. Don't do that. And so <laughs> I'm trying to remember if that was the first place I saw, mm-hmm. like some boy had it in his wallet or if it was Not my friend's storage of, of a condom. Don't do it. No, <laughs> it's awful. Or if my friend's brother's drawer of condoms. <laughs> he was much older than us. But if that was the, the first place, I can't remember. It was young enough that I it didn't make it that much of an impact. And I will have to say in Homer at least. And I don't know what the public school standard was. I know that in Homer, it was pretty unavailable. Condoms were really unavailable because Homer's closed at seven. And I think that Safeway closed at 10. And those were the two places you could get condoms. And one of those places, I can't remember which, I believe it was Safeway, kept them behind the counter in glass. So you had to ask for them at the pharmacy. Mm. And I remember one of my friends... Probably because people were stealing them. Yes. And Homer's, I think, was had the policy that if they're stealing them, then they need to use them. Like, obviously, like, yeah. it's, like, to that level. The You really don't want someone who steals condoms to be procreating. No. First of all, <laughs> because if they're procreating, they can't either afford mm-hmm. condoms or they're too embarrassed. So that means their maturity level is not, not really good. low and their bank or their bank account is very low. Yeah. So like either one of those scenarios. You want scenarios, that person to be using a condom. You want them <laughs> to be protected, at least in my head. You but would that, I think that was making the, babies. I think that was their standard as well. But I remember, I think it was the year before I went to college, a friend of mine asked me to buy him condoms. I think it was kind of like him pushing my buttons a little bit but he was like yeah seriously can you go to the store and buy me condoms I was like no I'm not going to the store and buying you condoms because I felt like it was an ethical like thing for me to be like no I'm not supporting you going out and having sex oh but like so now you ethic- if you ethically had a problem with it also also going into the fact that there's no way in hell as an 18 year old in that small town, I was going to be buying condoms because that would get like back to my parents immediately. And like, I had barely seen one at this point, (laughs) but like, yeah, I was like, there's no way I'm buying condoms in the town. But also I felt like it was like, for me, it was pushing him because I felt like that would be supporting him instead of now I would have, because I would have felt like he, I knew him, he's already having sex. But like, you, by, but you had it in your head that mm-hmm, by that giving would, him condoms, would it would support him. him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He would have sex more? That I was or giving that, him permission. Oh, okay. Like I was supporting him. 
Okay. Yeah. So that was your view on yeah, that? Yeah, when I was 18. Uh-huh. So my view at 18, well, mm, let's go back a couple years because my view at 18, I was married. So mm-hmm. I think, my, well, my view had always kind of been put in place that if I had friends, I knew where to get birth control. Mm-hmm. I knew where to get free birth control. I was very educated in that. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother worked at the public health in Fairbanks, which I haven't had that experience on on the peninsula as much, but in Fairbanks, if you ever need free condoms and let's see, what else do they give out? Spermicide and lube. And I feel like there was more than that in the bag in the nineties, but that might just be what they're giving out now. Mm -hmm. Anyways, what we called them was brown bags. Mm -hmm. So you could just go and grab a brown bag. So I think it was, I was probably 14, 15, and my mom had brown bags that were available. Like my friends knew that they could get birth control from me. So if they were, but the, the rule was always kind of like, if this person is going to have sex, if this person is already having mm-hmm. sex, let them know that you have birth control. My mom was pretty adamant about not trying to like push kids to have right. sex. Mm-hmm. So she would always say to me, if they are, oh. or if they're telling you that they're thinking about it, or you know they are, then you can bring it up. But I wasn't really supposed to bring it up to random kids. Mm-hmm. So I just, I think only a few of my close friends knew that I had I would right. I was an easy access because even if they didn't want to go to the health center in Fairbanks or they couldn't get there they could say hey Denise can you get me a brown bag and I would then say to my mom mom can you bring home one one of my friends wants one I would then be able to get a brown bag mm-hmm. so I always felt like they were available in school but I didn't really feel like that's where kids were at least kids in my circle were going were going if they were going to be sexually active you had other availability I did. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't have a problem with, I didn't feel like that was giving permission Mm -hmm. or I felt like it was very much a protection from, from unwanted pregnancy. So I always felt like I was doing my part on being a Mm pro-life person because I did, I wanted to help prevent unwanted pregnancy and also STDs. Mm -hmm. And at that point in high school, I already had friends who had some STDs. Mm -hmm. So it was, it meant something to me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when we were in high school, it's right after the AIDS ap- epidemic or during the tail end. I mean, there wasn't an effective medication and all that until probably mid-high school for us. So, I mean, it was still terrifying. And so condoms were really the only effective prevention yeah. for sexually active people. So when I was looking up, like, arguments, pros and cons and mm-hmm. different things, one of the first things that showed up was an article from 1991 that actually has been put online. It wasn't even... Mm, right, yeah, we have been online then. And it was, it was AIDS mm-hmm. and pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So now we we actually don't talk about preventing AIDS as much. We just put that in with the other like STIs. STIs. Yeah. But we don't, it's not this huge epidemic. But really, uh, me entering in 91, I would have been ending my fifth grade and going into sixth grade. And... Sixth, seventh, eighth. That's around the time mm-hmm. when I started seeing condoms. Right. Hopefully, I wasn't seeing them much more before that. You know? <laughs> but I remember the talent of the how scary mm-hmm. it was. Yeah, and so everyone was really scared, and 
there was this huge, it was interesting to read an article from 91 and see kind of some of the questions that they had and being able to look back at that now over 20 years later mm-hmm. and see some of the answers that we've got right. over the 20 years. And of course, some of the fear was kind of what you had at 18. Am I getting permission? Yeah. Are we mm-hmm. telling kids to have sex? That's, that's okay. The big questions are, are we giving permission and in actually increasing the sexual activity by giving out condoms in school? And two, what about religious considerations? Because some religions do not allow or believe in birth control whatsoever, such as Catholicism. So are we squelching people's freedom of religion by giving out condoms? Well, wouldn't the freedom of religion be on the person using the condoms? <laughs> to not use them? To not use them? It's like not like the force feeding somebody pork or something like that. You're not telling the person that they have to use it. No, I mean, if I... <laughs> Okay, so say my religion is every day I must wear an American flag (laughs) t-shirt. That's your religion. That's my religion. (laughs) And I have children, and I put them in American flag t-shirts every day. And my children get to a certain point in their life when they can choose whether or not they want to wear an American flag t-shirt every Mm -hmm. day. And then someone is selling or giving away t-shirts on the corner... (laughs) Like saying that don't have an American flag on them. Exactly. And they say, Hey, to my kid, do you want to wear this t shirt with, like, I don't know, solid blue? Solid (laughs) t shirt. Yeah. They say, Hey, kid, you want to wear this solid t shirt to school? And my kid is like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sick and tired of wearing an American flag t shirt. I don't even believe in this religion that makes me wear American flag t shirts. Are you squelching their religion if they don't believe in it and they personally don't want to take part in that? Because I feel like that saying that is, is kind of like saying, because my parents are Muslim, Christian, (laughs) Baha'i, then that's what I am. Uh Like instead of, which doesn't necessarily. No, I, I mean, we hear that preached all the time that it, you don't get in by someone else's but, faith. Yeah, but so. all, and also, like, schools serve pork in their cafeterias all the time, and you don't hear anybody being like, that's anti-religious. Exactly. That's against my religion. Well, it's maybe against your religion, so don't eat it. But you can't say to everybody else that they can't have it as well. Like, that's the, that's the difference between freedom of religion is – if I have freedom of religion, then that means I get to choose not to do certain things or to do certain things. And I have the, really, the freedom to do those things. Yeah, I'm not forced um, into that. I'm not forced to eat pork or I'm not forced to not say my prayers. But it also means that everybody else has the freedom of religion. So you can't force everybody else not to eat pork or to say your prayers. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, with offering condoms, I don't think that's a religious issue because... You're not forcing somebody to use them. You're just offering them. On a side note, Mm -hmm. since I don't eat pork and it's not really religious Mm -hmm. for me, I'm going to stand up and say (laughs) for people who who don't eat pork because of religion, there's there's a large large population of people who do not, that both Jewish, Muslim, and other religions that do not eat pork. So there are all these religions that don't eat pork, and the times that I have had bacon Mm -hmm. put on my food without it either being in the menu Mm -hmm. 
So like I'll read through something like, oh, I can have this because it doesn't have any pork in it. Mm -hmm. And then I get it and it has bacon on it, Mm -hmm. which is not on the menu. It's not on the Mm -hmm. menu or they just don't put what's on the menu. And you ask the waitress or the waiter, like, does this have bacon? bacon? And they're like, oh, no. And then it does. Mm -hmm. Like, I really Mm -hmm. think we need to be a lot more considerate Mm -hmm. in the restaurant industry on putting something like pork into food. Yeah, especially pork. And if it's got pork on it, this list is so, it clearly. It's side note. It's so but, way off track. But it's but like, it's just astounding. A it is it. astounding to me, especially something like that. But, and also people have food allergies to it as well. And like, it's not on there. It's a huge concern. So don't put bacon on things unless you're going to put it, that you put bacon on it on the menu. <laughs> and you know, that's a good selling point for a lot of people. A lot of people really like bacon. So sell, do. sell it away, <laughs> but tell us. And that's the thing is I think they look at it as, oh, well, you got this like extra little surprise. Mm-hmm this one little treat and it's not fun but the other consideration is so that's a religious consideration in which case I would say if you have religious qualms against using birth control then don't use it don't use it (laughs) yeah don't take the condom and don't put it on your penis yeah Nobody's forcing you. Nobody's forcing you. <laughs> uh, well, we hope no one's forcing you. <laughs> and if they are, then you need to call for help, contact the police. This is a very serious issue. Secondly, the it increases or gives permission, that argument. And that's a hard one. Mm-hmm. Because are you giving permission uh, to teens by saying, here, here's this condom, and then is that giving them that expectation that, oh, we know you're having sex anyway? Okay, so, or it's okay to have sex. So I can speak from my past, mm-hmm. from a child whose parents gave her a brown bag. Mm-hmm. Or I should say my mother gave me a brown bag. And hopefully my parents never hear this podcast because <laughs> I don't want to ever start anything. It did not feel like she was giving me permission. Mm-hmm. Definitely did not. And I she knew, was really specified, this is for people This who, is for your friends mm-hmm. who are already. doing this, thinking this. And... Of course, she also gave me the opportunity mm-hmm. to use it, what was it, in mm-hmm. the bag. Like, it wasn't like there was any kind of, like, sign-out sheet for the condoms. No. So she would never know. But. She did not count them mm-hmm. after she gave them to me. But I definitely knew where my parents stood on premarital sex. Mm-hmm. They are staunchly against it. Very much so. Like, they... Mm-hmm. And I knew that. And I knew the risks of using birth control. Mm-hmm. Having sex, they made sure that I knew all of that. Right. So, if I wanted to get on the pill, my you know my mother gave me the rundown of that versus mm-hmm. condoms versus this versus right. that. The thought that I wouldn't know, the thought that I wouldn't know that how my parents felt about it, kind of blows my mind. Or like, what was expected of me? I still knew what they expected of right. me. With hand, handing me a condom was not giving me permission mm-hmm. in my head, right. but that's just speaking from me. They were they were very clear. They were very clear. Yeah, to the point where it's kind of funny. Like I thought that if I got pregnant, I thought that if I you know had any sort of other complications from having premarital sex, then my parents would kick me out of the mm-hmm. house. That you were on your own. I was on my own because to them, they said that was like an adult decision. Mm -hmm. If you're making adult decisions, then you need to make all adult decisions, which (laughs) makes me giggle now because I really don't think they would have done that. (laughs) Actually, they know for a fact that they would have But I believed it. But they stared (laughs) you. But I totally believed it. Right. And and we made 
when my boys were teens and we made condoms available and we said the same thing because I thought it was great. If any of your friends are already having sex and they don't have condoms, here is some that are available to you to give them to them so that they are having safe sex because it's better safe because they're gonna if they're already having sex anyway it's better that they have safe sex the studies that have come out actually show that shockingly it reduces the amount of teenage sex giving out condoms and i I, the only way i can think about how that occurs because like giving out condoms you think it would just stay the same or increase the thing that i think about is maybe because it's those same schools are canning out condoms are also doing a better job of sex education and it's something that kids know that they need to prepare for and be prepared for and so it's more of a complicated thing so it's more like so it feels big it feels like a big deal it feels more like studying for a test and being prepared for it rather than a big secret that's like oh let's do this secret thing that's you know oh i mean i don't know if anyone remembers being yeah mm-hmm. the secrets and the rebellion and the sneaking mm-hmm. that can be really fun mm-hmm. or attractive right because the way our brains are developing it's like ooh, that's something that i'm rebelling against let's do that instead of this is something that my parents are giving me all the information for and now i have to prepare for it i'm just not uh, i'm not I ready think that's for that. how i felt i'm not ready for it yet so and um, i knew so i had all mm-hmm. of this information and then the expectation that i would wait mm-hmm. and i think that that was a big deterrent on me mm-hmm. and a big thought process for my little developing right. brain. Instead of it being, from subject to of subject. It being secretive and, and sneaky and mysterious, it becomes it was, a routine, educated, and like a process. And you're like, okay, I have to have this and I have to have this. And this, this is the statistics for this. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm just like, yeah, it's less exciting and less mysterious. And more like something that you have to think about and prepare for. And so I think that's actually why we're seeing the numbers go down when they're handed out. Numbers go of teen, teens actually having sex go down. Then the numbers who, of teens who used a condom at their last sexual experience goes up, which would make sense. That, that seems like normal. And, but the one thing that doesn't have an effect, which is very interesting, is teen pregnancy. Huh. Teen pregnancy stays exactly the same. Interesting. Yeah. And they don't know why. They're they're thinking that maybe teens use a different birth control method in schools that they don't have the condoms. But yeah, it stays exactly the same. Okay, so does that put into... Are you talking about like unplanned pregnancies? The teen, just the rate of pregnancies. Teen pregnancies in those schools. Okay, so just the rate. exactly the same. So we're not talking about like live births or anything. Mm -mm. The the, The rate of pregnancy stays exactly the same with schools, but the rate of condom use goes up, the rate of sex goes down. Hmm. Pregnancy stays the same. Interesting. It is interesting. What about the STDs? The STDs, the rates of gonorrhea and chlamydia decline significantly among adolescent males in schools with condom availability programs, whereas the rates of STIs increase among those schools without the program. Nice. Yeah. So they do definitely help with that. And in Alaska, especially gonorrhea Syphilis is making a huge comeback. Just so fun. So, so proud so of you, Alaska. Good and job. And chlamydia is huge. So everybody who has multiple partners needs to wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, put Every that time. guy under Every time. wraps. Every time. So it was effective. It did not increase the rate of kids having sex, but it decreased 
STIs. So they waited longer mm-hmm. and it decreased STIs. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I feel as if, if you were to do a pros and cons list, mm-hmm. that the pros are higher on that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We need to figure out something that's better for preventing teen pregnancy. So I feel as if I can sympathize with parents not wanting people they don't know helping their kids out mm-hmm. with sex education. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for those parents, there's some really good, simple advice. Yeah. Educate your children yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, and, right and, there. If you want your child to be educated in something, mm-hmm. then educate them. If you don't want them to be educated, someone else is going to do it. Yep. Because yeah. education... And do it before the school programs come out because the school programs are actually kind of late. So you get your first shot at educating your kid. Yeah. And then if they, if they are told something that you don't like, they're going to know that you already talked to them about it and what your feelings on that are. Because they're going to have a basis. Mm-hmm. And if you don't believe in any sort of education, believe it or not, your child's going to be educated in one way or mm-hmm. another. Yep. And they could be educated in a, in a false way. Mm-hmm. So like Jessica said, if someone's telling them something false, like we were kind of laughing about the little... Mm-hmm rumors that we remember about sex education Mm -hmm. and how kids come up with the craziest Mm -hmm. things and your kid might hear that and believe it and might affect them. And if you're doing your job and educating them, they hear something that's false, they might not believe it. And they're going to say, no, I know that that's not true because my mom told me blank, 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 blank. Oh yeah. And then then guess who's going to get a call from the school? (laughs) It'll be you. I feel like we have judged the heck out of that. Well, I feel as if it's a good thing. Yeah. You know, I feel, I wish that it wasn't needed, Mm -hmm. but since people don't, aren't doing their job as parenting, then you need to do something. Yeah. Someone drops the ball. You need to pick it up somewhere. Absolutely. And there's a lot of people, kids who don't, don't have, uh, Active parents come from a really rough place, and and so that needs to be available for them as well. So yeah, increase their chances of doing better. Yeah, absolutely. So um, our ethical product this week, we got to go to Seward yesterday and have a lovely day. But we picked up a candle, cinnamon's an orange spice candle from Big Dipper Waxworks. Which is perfect because it stowed for the first time last night. So now our house is going to feel all cozy and smell like Christmas and be wonderful. And yes. And it's Christmas. A- we said it Ugh. before Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> but it's 100% beeswax and pure essential oils. And it's made in Seattle. And they make the labels with 100% post-consumer waste recycled paper and it's printed with vegetable-based inks, and 10% of the net profits of sale are donated to charities that support environmental conservation and pollen... Pollinator sustainability, because pollination is important. Yes. So... (laughs) bees are important. Bees are important. So check out Big Dipper Waxworks. They're a great company, and their candles smell amazing, and there's no... They, them. they also have really good unscented candles. If you don't like scented candles, which you may need to get checked to see if you're a psychopath, but if you don't, they have some really great unscented ones also. 
So thank you for joining us here at Ethical Quandaries, a podcast where you have a lot of questions, but no answers, and we're judging you anyway. Technical support and photography by Tip Kingsley. Consultation by Mid Toker. Production music by EpidemicSound.com. Editing by me, Jessica Veldstrom. If you have an ethical quandary or a comment, you can email us at ethicalquandaries@outlook.com. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Remember, if you enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. And support our work at patreon.com.